lock and load. This is GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. The leader in the fight to reclaim and expand our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Here's your host, Executive Director of GeorgiaCarry.org, Jerry Henry. Welcome to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour this beautiful Saturday morning in downtown Atlanta. One of the good things about the weather this weekend is after all we went through with Irma last week, um, you're going to have time to clean up what you didn't get cleaned up during the week, what you didn't have to clean up during the week. Hopefully, you didn't have a whole lot to do. Uh, we were lucky where I live. We only had, uh, I think we had one tree limb come down, and that was on 41 acres. So uh, we didn't have any damage to the house, fences or anything like that. None of the horses got hurt. So we were very lucky. However, I know that's not the case all over the place. I know that a lot of police places here in the Atlanta area and down south and even up north from uh, where I live had an awful lot of damage, had trees down, had power outage. Uh, so uh, our condolences go with you on that. Also want to uh, send our condolences to the people in uh, Houston and Louisiana, Texas, South Texas that uh, were hit the week before by Harvey. Uh, and, of course, the people in Florida that really took the brunt of uh, Irma and, and basically slowed it down for us before it got up here. Uh, our, our thoughts and prayers are with you all, and uh, hopefully you have a safe recovery, and hopefully everything is going to come out all right for you. Um, one of the things that happened uh, this past week is we were supposed to uh, give an oral argument for our case against the Botanical Gardens here in Atlanta, and that... Uh, hearing was postponed due to Hurricane Irma, and we will keep you updated as when that will be rescheduled. But right now, that is off and has been put off to a little bit later date. I uh, also want to remind you that if you are out today cleaning up and etc., remember uh, there's a safe way to use chainsaws and a safe way uh, to uh, get to the trees, etc. You shouldn't be standing on a whole lot of ladders trying to cut off a big limb. That's a good way to get hurt. So, be safe out there while you're trying to clean up from this damage, and and uh, we've made it through the damage. Now let's make it through the cleanup. I want to tell you a couple of things that are coming up this weekend uh, and uh, in the upcoming week here. Uh, the Northeast Atlanta GeorgiaCarry.org chapter will be meeting today at 2 p.m. at the Opus in Duluth. That's a cafe. It's at 2730 Peachtree Industrial Boulevard. Number 108, we will have a speaker there. It will be Shane Hazel, who is a candidate for the 7th District Representative, and he is running against Rob Woodall. Uh, the uh, North Cobb County, which is, uh, or North Atlanta, which is in Cobb County, uh, meeting will be at the Rib Ranch, 2063 Canton Road, Marietta, Georgia, September the 21st from 7 to 9.30 p.m. Claude Warner, who I believe you've heard on this program, and I know you've heard him if you've been to uh, our conventions. Uh, the tactical professor will be speaking. He will uh, present some key points about training, including productive self-practice, when it's time to seek out instruction, and key practices we should consider from our own research and study. South Georgia, down in Valdosta, will be meeting at the La Cabana Mexican Restaurant, 211 Main Street in Tifton, on September the 19th. Uh, West Georgia chapter will not be meeting, 
And uh, the South Metro chapter will have a meeting the following week, which we will try to update you on next week. There's also, uh, also want to remind you that members, if you're listening and you're not a member, uh, your family and yourself are definitely welcome, welcome to attend. Also, we have an RK gun show at Jonesboro Road uh, this Saturday. That's uh, the big one. It's uh, over where they, used, uh, where they hold the Buckarama or used to hold the Buckarama. And Brian Allen is the coordinator there. You need to go down and, and help him out at the, the booth, help recruit, etc. cetera. Uh, also this weekend, uh, we have the uh, annual GCO board meeting and uh, dove hunt. We Each year we go down to Chuck Turney's house in Ty Ty, Georgia, and uh, have a dove hunt in the afternoon after that, or in the evening after that, we... We clean what we've shot, and uh, shortly thereafter, we will eat it. Uh, we also have, he also has deer and other things that uh, he will be including in that meal. And it's always a good meal, and we have a good time together. We have to uh, to replace a couple of board members this year. Uh, that will be taken care of. We'll notify you about that in, uh, in an email uh, the following week, and uh, we take care of that, let you know what happened. And it uh, looks like it's going to be a good Fun weekend for just about everybody to to have something to do. Uh, also, I'd like to announce that that I would like to have a uh, co-host uh, do this show with me. And anyone out there that's a member of Georgia Carey, if you send me a uh, a quick note, we will get together and discuss uh, your abilities and whether we'd like to do it, whether you can make it or not to the programs and uh, go from there. It's a whole lot more fun when I have someone up here to talk to to bounce things off of than it is for me just to sit here and, and talk uh, to you through this microphone. And I, There's nobody I can see. I'm just sitting here in this room with, uh, with Marshall Parker, another GCO member, but he never says anything except corrects me when I do something wrong. So uh, <laughs> it's, uh, if we can find somebody else to... to uh, co-host the program it would be really nice for us and i think it'd be nice for y'all and then that way i don't have to worry about if i have to go out of town or something i'll have somebody do the program we don't have to sweat it uh, i'm often asked as i go around from place to place uh, what can i do for gco how can i help gco i'm a member now i want to do something uh, how do i get involved with gco the easiest way for you to get involved is to recruit And by recruiting, I mean, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, ask everybody you see that you're acquainted with if they're a member of Georgia Carey. If they say no, then explain to them why they should be a member. Uh, If you don't know some of the things that we've done, you can go back and look at our podcast from August the 26th and uh, September the 2nd, in which I listed most of the things that we've done through the legislative process, as well as we've done several things through uh, the courts. So we want to want to put those out to people, let them know what we're doing, and ask them if they won't help us. Now, also, if, if each member were to go out, and we've said this before, if each member went out and signed up one more member, we would double our size overnight. If we did it twice, then there again. So... Uh, what we need is members. We need people who are willing to uh, uh, contact their legislators, go down and talk to their legislators, meet their legislators elsewhere, have a breakfast with them, 
get to know those people so that when we have something that we need to get pushed through the uh, General Assembly, we have someone that can do it. Uh, this is how we have been successful because they know who we are. We are respected at the General Assembly because of who we are and how we have done, how we have conducted ourselves over the past 10 years. We have done it in a, in a very gentlemanly manner. We have explained to them what we need, and we need to continue to do that, and we need good voices. We need new voices as well to come in and tell the legislators exactly what we want, why we want it, etc. I know everybody can't get off and go down to the to the uh, General Assembly when it's in session, but I think most of us can sit down, make a phone call, send an email, etc., which you've been very good at doing, but we need to continue that. One of the things that bothers me considerably is the fact that after Donald Trump was elected, there was like a big sigh of relief. Everybody says, well, we don't have to worry about anything anymore. Well, I would ask you, other than, than uh, some of the executive orders that he turned off over that uh, Obama had put more restrictions on us, what have they done? What is, has this administration done for us in gun rights? And I can tell you, nothing. They keep talking about it, but they have done nothing. I've got some bills here we will discuss in a few minutes uh, that if we can get those going, that will be a good thing. However, right now, they're not quite doing it. Now's not the time to slack off. Now is the time to dig our heels in. Now's the time to make our point. We supposedly have friendly legislators in the uh, U.S. Congress, and we need to push on those people. We need to start contacting them like we've done here in Georgia and contacting our people and explain to them what we want and why we're disappointed with what they've done so far. Uh, need also, um, we also need people to renew their memberships. One of the things that we and, and other organizations that I've talked to have trouble with is people renewing their memberships. They, uh, in our case, we'll send them an email and they'll look at it and say, yeah, I've got to do that. And then they set it aside and go on somewhere else. We'll send them another one in a couple of weeks and they'll say, oh, yeah, I didn't do that. And the next thing you know, three or four months have passed and they'll come to a gun show or a festival or something and say, oh, I forgot. I need to, to join. I need to re-up. I need to renew my membership. And sometimes those memberships are over a year old. And that's not a good thing for any of us. So uh, we need to, to try to remind yourself to renew your membership when it comes due. You can go for multiple years. It's only $20 a year. You can go for multiple years and what have you. Uh, I want to remind you to go to georgiacarry.org, our website. You can find all the information that I'm giving you today, basically. You can find out all our contact information. You can uh, join. You can renew online. And uh, we will have automatic renewal with instructions here shortly. I want to remind you that you can download the podcast at Newstalk1160.com, and we will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to georgiacarry.org. I uh, want to continue with what I started in the, in the previous one, what you can do for GCO. One of the things you can do is get active in the local politics. You need to get to know the local politicians. That's the, the breeding ground for our state representatives and state senators uh, and eventually governors. Most of them start off somewhere in, the, in a city or a county, 
and we need to get familiar with those candidates, and we need to learn where they stand on the Second Amendment. And you need to notify us so that we can do our best and to keep those people from getting elected into uh, into a statewide office. Because if we can stop one no vote, that's one less vote we have to have to work on. It's one less note we have uh, vote that we have to uh, uh, negate through another vote. So everything that we can do to do that, uh, we need to do that. We need to keep the the anti gunners out. And as I say, they start at the local area, at the uh, county or city uh, areas by being representatives or commissioners, etc. Uh, also, uh, and this is one of my biggest pet peeves, when you hear other so-called gun groups, and I call them that because that's what they are to me. They, they've actually done nothing for uh, uh, for gun rights in Georgia, but they continue to, to uh, state that they are and continue to, to uh, down our efforts, etc., all I say is ask them what they've done in the last 10 years, what that group has done for Georgia gun owners in the last 10 years. And you'll find that it's nothing. They have done absolutely nothing. They've, uh, they've put in a couple of bills, and they've got an awful lot of activity off of it. But the bills have gone absolutely nowhere. And that's uh, so the question is, if you're such a good gun group, and we're, you know, they've called us in the past the biggest gun control group in the state of Georgia, and if we're the gun control group, why are we getting bills passed that allow you to carry in more places? Sounds to me like our, our gun control uh, agenda that they're accusing of us is not working. So uh, let people know that. When people ask you about the other gun groups, explain to them who you are, what we are, and what we've done. And I think you'll negate an awful lot of that negative comments. Uh, I'd also remind you that at our, uh, I believe it was our seventh annual convention, uh, we had uh, uh, Rich Golick, who is uh, the uh, chairman of the Judiciary Committee in the House, uh, and has been in uh, been in office now for I believe seventeen years, uh, seventeen or eighteen years. Uh, Rich asked to speak at our convention, and he stood up on stage and told everybody that the reason he wanted to to speak there was for uh, for him to tell us that w- what kind of a group we are. That he had never seen a group come to the state capitol and in such a short period of time earn the respect that GeorgiaCarry.org had, had earned. Now, when you have a guy stand up and say that, that that's big. Whether whether some of our people uh, or some of our uh, enemies don't like it or not, that's, that's the case. It's big for a guy to stand up. And not only that, he asked. We didn't ask him to come do it. He asked to do it because he is the representative for the area uh, in Marietta where, or in uh, – Cobb County, where we were having our convention at the uh, Waverly. So uh, we've done an awful lot. We're a good group. Everybody knows that. And uh, we need to continue to spread that word around. And sometimes we say we're the best kept secret in Georgia, uh, especially against gun owners or amongst gun owners. Uh, we're the, I can assure you, the, the uh, gun prohibitionists know who we are, but an awful lot of the gun owners don't seem to know who we are. Uh, also, I want to remind you, we've got cards and brochures that you can get and carry with you and hand out to people. Uh, and uh, and uh, the brochures, of course, have an application on them. Uh, you can get those by contacting Bruce Green. He is on our, our website as the statewide uh, recruiting coordinator. He'd be more than happy to send you all the cards, brochures you need if you have a gun uh, range or store in your area that would like to 
supply those or that you would like to supply those to, let us know and we'll get them to them. They can pass them out to their customers. Uh, we've had an awful lot of, of uh, good uh, good results from that. So uh, just do whatever you can to help us. If you can sign somebody else up, please do. Like I said, our, our main thing at $20 a, a member where it's not about the money, it's about the numbers that we have that we can stand up at the state assembly and say, this is who we are, this is how many of us there are, and this is why we want this done, and that's how we've been successful in the past. So, And if you don't know your state representative or your senator, get to know them. Uh, we've got a, a big election coming up again next year, and you need to start understanding and learning who is running against who and who. Uh, has supported us over the past years. If we do that, then we can stave off a little bit more problems because we don't have to uh, re-indoctrinate people, so to speak, as to who we are and what our mission is. So uh, anything you can do in that part, as we've said before, if you uh, if you see your state representative or state senator walking down the street and he doesn't recognize you by your first name, you've not really done a good job yet. So Get out there and meet them. I know that some of them, uh, such as mine, I have one that that uh, that will never vote for a gun bill, uh, not for a pro-gun bill. They'll vote against the gun bills. But I still know them because there are other issues that we may need uh, their help on. So uh, it's a good thing to know those people. It's a good thing to be able to call on them and let them know exactly where you stand. Uh, a couple of bills here that we want to talk about that are national bills. Um the uh, the Hearing Protection Act has now been uh, has now been rolled into the Share Act, which is um, the Sportsman Heritage and Recreational Enhancement Act. That's where they get the share from. Um, by House Resolution thirty six sixty eight, it has been introduced with that new subsection. They, it will be included in that bill. The Hearing Protection Act will be in, included in that bill. And the bill, uh, some of what it does is it secures access to federal public lands for hunting, fishing, and recreational shooting and includes the Hearing Protection Act. Uh, it's an important safety-oriented uh, aspect of the bill that will help protect the hearing associated with uh, America's hunters by eliminating expensive and excessive rev, uh, regulations on suppressors. As you well know, or probably know, if you want a suppressor right now, uh, you have to apply for a, uh, a treasury stamp. It's going to cost you a couple hundred dollars. You're going to have to wait 18 months, probably, at least right now, to get one. And it's ridiculous. It's nothing more than a muffler on a firearm. And it does not shut it down. It does not uh, silence it. Uh, it may silence a twenty two, but those are not very loud to begin with. But any hunting rifle or anything you're going to put it on, it's just going to slow it down a little bit. Some of the other provisions that, that it would allow importation of any firearm or ammunition legal for sale in the United States. Right now there's a ban on that uh, because of the sporting uh, purposes uh, state, but in the ATF uh, documents. It'll prevent the classification of common rifle ammunition as armor-piercing uh, definition by the ATF. It includes a provision to ease the importation of weapons for the purpose of experimentation. So if you find a gun uh, that's built out of the country and you want to experiment it right now, you can't do anything with it. You can 
if this bill passes, and that's why we need to get behind it. Allow personal weapons being reimported from other countries as well as curios. If you uh, if you are uh, at, in the past when you were at war with uh, with a company, if you got a gun from somebody or if you brought it home with you, you could bring it back. Uh, there are people that, that came back from Vietnam with fully automatic rifles, and they've been allowed to keep those. Now you can't do that, but this would allow that to happen again. Uh, it also includes a provision to protect shotguns from being classified as destructive advices, uh, devices, uh, even if they're not considered sporting weapons. And that's like the, the sweet sweeper, uh, street sweeper, etc. cetera. Uh, secure the future of hunting, fishing, and recreational shooting by increasing access to federal public lands. Uh, it, will, uh, it will reform the Farm Owners Protection Act, which protects the legal, lawful transport of unloaded firearms. Strengthening protections for carrying firearms on land managed by the Army Corps of Engineers, which is a big thing. As you know, we've been in a lawsuit on that uh, with the Corps. We're still uh, in there. That's kind of on hold right now, uh, waiting uh, this act and a couple of other things. It will remove the undefined and adequated sporting purposes test, which opens the door to arbitrary ammunition bans. Uh, it'll return wildlife management of the gray wolf back to the states adversely affected by those rising populations. Now, uh, there's a there's a negative about that, and we'll discuss that in the next section. However, I want to uh, remind you that um, we have uh, the Corps of Engineers has opened up a um, comments t- date for carrying on the core property. I will discuss that at the next core, uh, in, during the next segment uh, and tell you what you need to do about that. We, Georgia Carey, have uh, filed our comments, and uh, we will make that available to you so that if you want to make uh, comments, you'll be able to do that. Uh, so at any rate, we were a step closer to having much better access to hunting, to uh, having better access to reimportation of guns, etc., and uh, maybe get some of these uh, nice military rifles uh, back into the circulation of the population here in the country, which, in my opinion, is the way it should be. Uh, we should not be able to pr- uh, to uh, provide anything to our Army that we can't provide to the citizens. Uh, we're coming to the end of this section. We will be, uh, be coming back in a few minutes, but I want to remind you, go back to georgiacarry.org. Uh, you can follow us at Georgia Carry. You can follow me at Georgia Carry or at gotyourback64 and uh, download the podcast from newstalk1160.com we will be right back and now back to georgiacarry.org radio with georgiacarry.org's executive director Jerry Henry Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. I want to remind you, uh, before we left, we were talking about the SHARE Act. Now, uh, we've also talked in the past about H.R. 38, the uh, National Reciprocity, and uh, H.R. 2909, which is the D.C. reciprocity that would allow anybody to carry in D.C. that has a license. And, of course, the National Reciprocity would allow you to carry in any state if you have a license. Uh we have a, a one one bad thing on that. Uh, it seems that uh, uh, Speaker Paul Ryan is against those bills. He has signed those bills to a 
committee where uh, they should go off and quietly die because he does not want to bring it up. He says that this is not the time. And obviously it is the time. We need to move while we can, while we've still got uh, control of both houses and while we've uh, still got a Republican president, so to speak. Now, uh, if we let this go too path, too far behind, then we lose. So we need to get on top of this. We need to start writing people, writing our congressmen, telling them that we want SHARE Act passed and we want H.R. 38 and H.R. 2909. H.R. 2909 is an addendum to H.R. 38, but we want to make sure that they know that we want that addendum in H.R. 38. So uh, we, we're it seems as though... We're having to fight people that we, we didn't think we were going to have to fight when they were elected into office. Of course, Paul Ryan didn't get my vote because he lives in Ohio, and he wouldn't have got it if he lives down here, but that's beside the point. Uh, but according to uh, to uh, Congressman Massey, uh, Thomas Massey out of Kentucky, uh, the bills are not going to go anywhere because of Paul Ryan. So we need to, we need to try to get that... Uh, that kicked up a notch, and we trying to need to put some heat on them to try to get those things done. Uh, also, I want to remind you that uh, we discussed earlier that we had filed uh, comments requesting the repeal of the carry ban in uh, the Army Corps of Engineer uh, property or control property, um, and we did that because uh, uh, President Trump put out a, a um, an executive order, number 13777, uh, requesting that all the federal agencies uh, review their, their regulations policies. We're given until um, September the 18th to make these comments. You can make the comments several ways. There's an email you should have gotten yesterday afternoon that will tell you how to do it. Uh, but uh, simply, you can... Uh, you can go to www.regulations.gov and look for the COE, and you will find that where you can find that uh, where you can send that information. We will be making our uh, comments available online, and you can feel free to to uh, use any of those comments, copy them not not in total, but copy them and, and use parts of them to say what we want to say. Basically, uh, the regulation is a blanket prohibition on carrying loaded firearms on Corps of Engineer property. Uh, very few exceptions, and you can get exceptions uh, through the district commander, but we don't believe that's the way to do it. We think that that's, that is detrimental to the rights of citizens to provide for their own safety and security by being overboard, overbroad and encompassing a, a variety of areas traditionally open to carrying in similar circumstances. Uh, we believe that they're their uh, firearms regulations are antiquated uh, in light of the changes that have been made in the state regulations in carrying in parks, lakes, etc. And uh, when you stop and think about it, the open areas, the Army Corps of Engineers encompasses large swaths of wilderness areas and open land and open waterways, uh, and there should be no compelling reason for restricting carrying of firearms. Because basically, most of those places, they're open for hunting during hunting season, whatever the appropriate hunting season is. So if the use of firearms is uh, is a problem in those areas, why is it okay to hunt with them? Uh, carrying one for self-protection or from, uh, from some uh, wounded or sick animal 
you know, it, it doesn't make any sense to prohibit those uh, other than the fact that they can do it. And we would like to see that change. Also, when you go to the waterways, that encompasses uh, an awful lot of people's uh, close to their homes, some of them in their homes, uh, and you can't carry on core property. So if your home is placed on core property, you can't even have a farm in your home. If you're living next to the lake and you have a boat dock, you can't go to the boat dock with your farm. You're disarmed to go from your house to your boat. And these make absolutely no sense. These are the things that we want to get done. We want to stop it. And uh, the best way for us to do that is to make our voices heard once again. And we would like for everybody that uh, that hears this show or reads the uh, email from yesterday to contact uh, or to make your comments known to uh, the Corps of Engineers. So, uh, like I said, that in that's there. Uh, the co- full comments will be posted on the website if they're not already, and uh, we need to uh, to follow through and see what we can do about uh, getting that done. Uh, everything that we can do, if we can do this through the regulations, then we don't have to go back and continue to fight the lawsuit. Otherwise, we're going to have to continue to fight this lawsuit, uh, and no telling how long we're going to have to fight it. The other thing is too, if you if you think about carrying in the in the areas that they that the Corps of Engineers controls, uh, it's the same thing as the federal parks almost. The federal parks, we got that taken care of during Obama's administration. So there's no reason why we can't get these open areas that are you're allowed to hunt. Now, we understand that, that they don't want guns carried into their, uh, you know, into their facilities, into their powerhouses, into their control centers, et cetera, because that could uh, lead to a, uh, that could lead to a terrorist act. We'll go along with that. But the fact that I may shoot a rifle and it lands in a dam and busts it ain't going to happen. So uh, it, it's just one of those overbroad regulations that was passed back many years ago, and we need to, to stop that. We need to, to get rid of that uh, regulation. And, and as I say, if you will make your comments known, uh, they, will be, uh, they will be heard, and uh, we will hopefully get something done about this. Not only is that... Uh, not only is is that going to be taken care of, hopefully, uh, with the SHARE Act, because it, this will tie in with each of it, then all the other good things that, that go on with the SHARE Act are, uh, are uh, well worth our time and effort to try to get it done. Now, uh, changing subjects here, if there's, uh, this is for the hunters in the group. If there are uh, anybody out there who thinks they're Wild Bill Hickok, the National Park Service and in the Grand Canyon, they're planning a bison hunt, uh, and they're looking for people with uh, who are good with guns to uh, go out and kill the animals to thin the herd. They have about 600 animals or 600 bison roaming uh, the Grand Canyon down there, and they would like to get rid of those. They want to hold it back to about 200. And the thing of it is, a lot of people get upset about that, uh, but in reality, when you're outside of the park, there is no limit or there is no prohi- prohibition in shooting the bison. You can kill them outside the park. Well, the bison, like deer, are kind of smart. They realize that there's a line out there where you're not going to shoot at, and they run into the park. And at the rate they're going, they figure within 10 years there will be 1,500 to 2,000 deer in that area or uh, bison in that area, and this park will not be able to sustain it. So uh, 
look for uh, look in the future as to how you can do that if you feel like you want to go up there uh, they do say you have to be in uh, you have to be in pretty good shape uh, because the hunt will occur at altitudes over 8,000 feet and that for any individual who want to be considered uh, will possibly have to uh, demonstrate the capability of hiking eight miles a day carrying a 60 pound pack and hitting a paper plate 200 yards away five times so uh, you uh, you need to be in pretty good shape to do it but I think it'd be something to be be kind of uh, fun to take care of when you're when you're at it uh, got some good bad and the ugly coming up here one of the the good um, was if you haven't heard there was a man walking into cab county the other day walking his dog and a couple of teenagers pulled up in a white car got out pointed a gun at him to rob him and he pulled his gun and pointed him back at them one of them's dead and the other one ran off and they're still looking for him uh, one of the interesting things here is that the uh, investigating lieutenant stated that if you have a carry license carry it carry your firearm and be prepared uh, the man uh, apparently will not be cha- uh, charged because of stand-your-ground laws here in Georgia. Now, here's a guy that's just going out, walking his dog at night or early in the morning before he went to work, minding his own business, and somebody has to come up and try to rob him. My understanding is the play- the uh, car had Florida plates on it. I would hope that it wouldn't be one of the people that we were, uh, were kind enough to give uh, hospitality to during the, during the hurricane, but you never know. Like I said, it's a, a, to me, that is a, a good story with a very happy ending. Uh, the other guy, I understand, uh, they, they believe that he was shot, but not sure. So uh, just once again, when you leave home, be prepared. It's another another proof that that's what we need to do. We need to be prepared to take care of ourselves. Uh, there's not going to always be somebody there to take care of us, so we need to do it ourselves and be prepared. I want to remind you one more time, go to georgiacarry.org, our website. You can find all the contact information, everything we've done. You can join for $20 a year. You can renew for $20 a year. You can join for multiple years. Um, you can um, download the free uh, podcast, or commercial-free podcast here at Newstalk1160.com, and we'll be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour here in the beautiful downtown Atlanta. It's a nice day again. There's plenty of time for you to work outside this afternoon, try to clean up some of the things that might have happened during Irma. And uh, Hopefully you've already got those cleaned up. Won't be a lot of work, and hopefully you're as, as lucky as I was, and there's not an awful lot of work to clean up. So at any rate, uh, I want to get back to the good. You know, I said we have a good, bad, and ugly. Actually, I got the good, bad, and the undetermined, uh, which could be ugly either way you, you want to look at it. Uh, we we pointed out last week, I believe, on the program that uh, one of the uh, growing uh, demographics in purchase of firearms were black women. Uh, and that's the case. Or no, we pointed out. I'm sorry, we pointed out that it was uh, in the millennials. But uh, it's been pointed out on numerous occasions that black ladies are the the uh, one of the driving forces in buying firearms right now. And this little uh, item comes from, uh, and I call this the good. This comes from Chicago, uh, and the title of the article was "Safety Concerns Spur More Black Women in Chicago to Receive Concealed Carry Permits." 
Now, uh, they say there's a, a burgeoning group in Cook County, which is uh, uh, Chicago, uh, of black women obtaining concealed carry permits. Uh, since they began um, issuing permits back in uh, 2014, the number of African-American women have increased yearly. And now, I believe this year there were uh, there have been so far as many issued this year as there were in the previous uh, three years. Now, you got to remember that prior to 2014, nobody could have a firearm in uh, the city of Chicago except the military and the and the police. Uh, they uh, went to court. I believe the Second Amendment Foundation fought them on uh, that was McDonald versus uh, Chicago. And uh, they had to start issuing permits. Well, they took their time in doing so and had to go back to court a time or two, as most of those places do. And now uh, there's uh, there's about there's only about 800. Uh, no, excuse me. There are about 4,000 black women who have received a concealed carry permit here in or there in uh, Cook County. Now, 4,000 uh, women is not an awful lot of in percentage wise, but when you look at that. The, uh, the permits are continually growing, and this is a demographic that a few years ago we would have probably said this is not going to happen. But these are people in, in the, on the south side of Chicago that are saying, look, we're going to have to defend ourselves. And that's the point that everybody comes up with at some point in time. We have got to be the one to defend ourselves and defend our children. They're sick and tired of seeing eight, 900 people killed up there every year by uh, – by people who are armed because they're outlaws. Uh, they don't worry about the gun laws. So these are people that are that care about the laws and have gone and taken the steps to defend themselves and their families and their children. So uh, I, my hat's off to those ladies, and I hope it continues to grow, and I'd like to see it growing more in more areas. And from what I understand, it is in, here in Atlanta as well. I don't think we have any numbers on that, but uh, it is continually growing. Uh, another good thing is that, uh, according to the uh, National Shooting Sports Foundation, you know people have said, "Well, there's a Trump slump. We're not buying any. They're not buying any more firearms, so we're not going to be faced with all these firearms like we are now." Well, uh, according to the uh, NSF, SF, uh, the evidence indicates that this could be the second or third highest year for background checks in the past two decades. Now, the, the Trump slump began after Hillary wasn't elected and after Obama was out of office because, once again, as I, I spoke earlier, we took a, a deep breath and said, oh, we don't have to worry now. Well, again, we always have to worry. When you're talking about rights, there's never a time to take a deep breath and relax. Take one deep breath and go back to fighting because that's what we have to do in order to, to maintain what we've gotten so far. Uh, but uh, the uh, the thing is, it was uh, the the firearm sales were so high during Obama's years, and especially the last uh, couple of years that he was in there. Every time, well, I think it was actually after uh, Sandy Hook, and then uh, in this last uh, year or so of his term, when people were just going out and buying guns because they didn't know what was going to happen, and uh, a lot of them were bought. Uh, in a knee-jerk reaction. I know I bought one that way just because uh, I wanted one because they were talking about trying to, to ban them. Uh, but according to to this report from the National Shooting Sports Foundation, the background checks are still up there 
Uh, now, when you compare the last 20 years, there weren't a lot of guns bought 20 years ago compared to what they are now, or 25 or 15 years ago, or even 10 years ago. 10 years ago was about the time when it really started upticking. But they say that this year will be, uh, or is on track to be the third best year for uh, firearm sales in uh, or since uh, the last or in the last 20 years so uh, that's good news that's it's not dropped off like everybody thinks i know an awful lot of people have stopped buying as much as they were buying but they're still there uh the bad it's one of these crazy bills from california they have there's a bill on the way to uh governor jerry brown's desk uh where uh, they're going to disarm the test there's five school districts right now that allow teachers to carry for self-defense they're going to disarm those uh, teachers. They're not going to allow them to carry, as well as uh, it will also uh, prohibit a victim of a um, of a uh, domestic violence from carrying a firearm to protect themselves. If they happen to be a teacher, then they won't be allowed to carry their firearm as well. And so here we go. You know, what what are we going to do? We're going to go back to Sandy Hook. Days we're going to make everybody a gun-free zone, and then we're going to allow somebody else to walk in there and have their day with whoever they want to have their day with. It's just not right. It needs to be that needs to be stopped. But then California, what can you say? Uh, I have another one here. I want to discuss. <laughs> I'm calling this the undetermined one. I when I first read this one, I, I thought how stupid this this is. There was a in Nashville, Tennessee, an aspiring songwriter. Uh, singer who goes by the name of Katie Loves, charged with attempted murder of shooting a uh, a homeless man. Apparently, she pulled up in her SUV and uh, parked right in front of where the man was sleeping on the sidewalk, I guess, and her exhaust fumes were in his face, and he said something to her. She got a gun and shot him. Well, when you read into it a little bit further, uh, she admits that she didn't uh, have a firearm, and she got out because there were people arguing in the area. Well, she got into an argument with this guy over moving her car. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I don't know whether the man on the street, sleeping on the street, has a right to the to the street or not. But uh, I know that she didn't have the right to shoot him. But suppose, her story is that she got out, uh, walked her friend to her to where her car was parked, and came back. And the guy was arguing with her and screaming. Well, she took her gun with her because she saw the people arguing and she got out and she said that she fired two warning shots well one of the warning shots hit the guy in the chest now i don't know how you fire warning shots and hit somebody in the chest that's just not the way i see firing uh, warning shot warning shots to be fired plus warning shots are not good if you're going to shoot shoot to protect yourself if you're not then don't shoot uh and, uh, of course, the, now the girl has got a different story. Her father's an attorney in Amarillo, Texas, and he says it is a pure self-defense case. Now, I don't know how that turns into it, but it's going to be interesting to find out. It, but it's something, that, once again, that, that I want to point out. The reason I'm pointing out to you is don't pull that firearm unless you're going to use it. If you're not going to use that firearm, especially in Georgia, don't pull it out. Because if you point it at somebody, it's a felony if you, if you get reported. So if you, if you need the firearm, that's why you got the firearm. You don't need to, uh, to carry it 
around just to, so you can show people and, that you've got one and, and be a big person or what have you. You need to protect yourself. I have no problem with that. But be careful how you protect yourself and what steps you take. So uh, this this is something that could very well end up ruining this young lady's life. And, uh, of course, it hasn't helped, uh, hadn't helped the breathing of the other guy as well. Uh, coming up to the end of another program, and, and I have, uh, once again, to me, it's a pleasure to be here and, and uh, hope you enjoyed listening to some of my ramblings and hope I, I got some information that you'll uh, that will do some good for you. And, and uh, that's what our whole goal is here. want to remind you before we leave, go to georgiacarry.org, our website. We can uh, You can contact me if you have any questions or answers or anything you want discussed on this program. Uh, you can follow us at Georgia Carry on Twitter. I'm at GotYourBack64. You can download the po- commercial-free podcast here at Newstalk1160.com, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, hosted by Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Join us each week for information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 only on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.